Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. This is one I am really excited about today. We have Coach Denise on, also called the Marathon Whisperer. She's been coaching runners of all abilities since 2010. So, wow, 10, 10 plus years. Um, she started coaching after surviving a near fatal car accident. It was her way of giving back to running for what it has given and continues to give to her. She's also a certified running coach through USATF and Roadrunners Club of America. Denise has been running since the fourth grade, which we'll get into, and is best friends with the sport. Back in 1994, she ran her first marathon, and to date, she has run 118 marathons, including 12 Boston marathons, back-to-back comrades, two Ironman, and two 100-milers. She has also completed the Abbott World Marathon Majors twice. After competing Mount Everest Marathon and the Patagonia Marathon in 2019, Denise became a member of the Seven Continents Club. In 2018, she published her first book titled Me, You, and 26.2, Coach Denise's Guide to Get You to Your First Marathon. Wow, Denise, so much there. Cannot wait to dive in. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Megan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So excited to chat with you today. And we started um, a bit of a conversation before this, and I was already feeling like, wow, we could we could dive right in and we'd forget to hit record and, and lose it all. So I, I want to make sure that uh, we get started off kind of just chatting. You know, I always say, take us back to like those early days in running and we'll kind of go chronologically. But going back to, you know, when you first got started, um, yeah, what first drew you into running in the fourth grade? Yeah, so um, I tried out for volleyball and basketball. I, I have no, I still have no eye-hand coordination, but running, it was um, natural to me. You know, you just put your shoes on and move forward. It's walking a little faster. And so I, it was the only sport that welcomed me way back then. And it's been my my best friend since, and I have chills. Like, I had no idea, like, how many gifts it would give me, you know, from then. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm already getting emotional, just, yeah. I mean, running is a special and I think a really emotional um, emotional thing for a lot of us. Like, I know for myself, it's so, given us so much, you know, running community, um, especially during times like these that we're in, it's something that's just continuing to keep us tied together, right? And so, um, yeah, it's really, really important to kind of consider that and everything that that it's given, given you. So, um, yeah, so since kind of moving like along from, you know, your early days in running and when you first started, um, I take it, it probably took a while to kind of build up to that first marathon, but how did you initially get into marathon running? 
Yeah, so um, like we talked about, I've been running since the fourth grade and it, um, it just always made me feel better. It was my best friend. Um, and then my sister and I, my older sister, we would run together. Um, and then in 1993, she did the Chicago Marathon and, you know, the 27-year-old Denise was like, what the piss, if she can do it, I can do it. Because honestly, I thought, I ran in high school, I ran track and cross country, but I was never um, one that times mattered, you know. So I don't even know, like, people that were fast in high school, even at my age, they still know their times. Like, I have no idea. But again, the sport, especially cross country, was welcoming. It welcomes every, um, every pace. And so... What I thought, um, I had this bad misconception, and a lot of people do, is that the marathon is, you know, for people that competed at the state level in high school or got a scholarship. So when Debbie did the marathon, you know, what I realized um, through reflection is what she did and what my runners do is she turned something that I thought was superhuman and made it human. And so then fast forward in 1994, I, I did the Chicago Marathon in that, that finish line changed my life. And that's what I aim to share with other people that either don't think they can do it or they're signed up and they're rightfully freaked out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that first marathon for you, it sounds like was a big, big leap maybe from what you thought was possible. Oh, oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I think it was the first time I was doing something that no one was telling me to do, you know, not my boss, not my parents, not not a coach. And it was also the first time I was doing something I didn't know if I could do it. And I think that's why it meant so much. It um, affected my, um, my inside so much, my soul, because crossing that finish line, it truly did. It turned me, I can't, into what else can I do? And it led me, I feel like it, it's done this with me and other things that I don't think I can do and I've seen it in my runners is what it does is I feel like it, it just ignites like this empowerment engine within us that's been waiting to be lit, let alone like a little courage tank. So every time we do something that we don't think we can do, we make a deposit. So then the next time something, um, I call it skiding or skided, scared and something you're scared and excited about, you draw from those other things you didn't think you can do. Yeah, yeah, it's so powerful and continues to build on itself. In and out of sport, like it'll, yeah. it'll give you courage because um, it's all you facing that scary start line in and out of sport, and that's why it affects us so much. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like this was innate within you, this kind of concept, and we'll get into it more, but cited, like doing things that you're scared and excited about, has this something been something you've always done or how did you initially? No, 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 I was not a risk taker. I didn't have any confidence. I didn't believe in myself at all. And um, we may get into it later, but once I do that first marathon, like most of us, well, of course, when we sign up or in training, we're like, never again one and done and then you get through it and you see it was possible it changes you and then you're like okay now i i can do that again and i want to go faster mm -hmm. yeah yes so oh I, yeah you oh, go on so then i um so you know i did that first one and then um it, it was it was like a huge dose of confidence to me and then i did a few more on my own and then i met a uh, 
a girl who qualified for Boston on her first one. And again, I like, my times didn't even matter. There's a top seven in cross country and I was probably top 20. Um, and so here I'm thinking Boston, like, yeah, this girl who like sucks. And um, so my friend said she did track workouts um, with her coach and that's how she qualified for Boston. And so I finally caved. I was like, track, that's like high school gym class. No way, no way. And I finally caved. I went in the first season working with that coach, Coach Greg, I qualified. And so then, um, then I had to get faster and faster and faster. Like, because, you know, once I started working with Coach Greg and a lot of us are like this, we don't know we have untapped talent. So he got me crazy fast and then I totally lost sight of what the fourth grade girl found in running. And I was all about um, defining myself through my finish times and my placings rightfully because it was the first time I never felt X enough. And then running became my X. Like I, I went from a 428 marathoner to a 315, you know, top 20 runner in cross country. My coach wouldn't even know my name right now. I would, um, you know, I've won a couple of races. One year I won $1,000 from the Chicago Marathon because I was the fastest Illinois Masters female. That's long to say, but, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I'm finally good at something. But then it just became so one, what's that called? Myopic view? Right, yeah. single-minded. I put everything in it and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you glad, I guess, um, considering when you say you put everything into it, like, do you think, do you think that, um, that's what it took for you to really get to that level or, you know, to go all in per se on marathons? Well, I think, um, I did not have balance and that's what I try and, um, try and get my runners to see is that, I mean, at that time, if, if I didn't get a PR, I would beat myself up. If I did get a PR, I would be proud, but then it would fleet. Right. Right. And yeah. I just feel like, um, like my new litmus test and anything I do, if I give my best, that's all I can ask for. Like, I don't, I don't compare myself to what anyone else got. I don't compare to my prior time. Like, where else can you dig if you depleted your, your physical and mental strength, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Like, um, you know, it's good. It's, it's good to see what we're capable of. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also like, this is our discretionary free time. Like I, I didn't realize this, um, until, um, my friend interviewed me on this podcast and he said, did you have fun? You know, when you were racing like that? And, and I, and I said, no, only if I did well. And then that's where like in reflection, I'm like, that is so sad. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I myself, like, I'm not as hard on myself and uh, let alone, we should be grateful we're even healthy to run. Um, and then I, you know, I also try like now maybe 25% of my runs in races, well, outside of the COVID era, 25% of my races and my runs are for me and the rest is helping my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so much more rewarding too when we're able to fill because of our buckets empty, we can't, or our cup, we can't fill up for others. So to be able yeah. to do that for your clients is great. And, and I feel like, like I even, like I say this to my runners and even during COVID, if you're doing a do-it-yourself race and you know someone who's doing the same distance, that's a first timer, you know, maybe hook up with them, even if it's virtually, because 
I get just as much out of helping somebody do their first or set a PR as if I set my own. And it's almost like when you do a race, like I can't explain it until you actually go through it. Like I can try as best. It's same as, you know, how like you'll tell someone, oh, when you see your friends and family on the course, there's like your heart lights up like ET on the inside. But you can't, if you can't explain it enough until someone goes through it. Yeah. 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 I just went through that. I saw, um, I'm potentially doing Brazos Bend, um, yeah. like 50 miler in December. The hundred was a bit much. That one looks a little crazy, but maybe, um, oh, could still yeah. decide, but I didn't, I didn't know anyone doing it. Right. So I'm kind of like, Oh, I might do it. But once you, I saw immediately, I'm going, oh my gosh, I know Rachel and Tyler. And so they're friends of mine here in Portland. They're going all the way to Houston for this yeah. race. And just knowing, I think that a friend of mine, like someone I know is in this race was so much more exciting. And I even thought, should I just crew for them and not even run, you know, cause it's more about just that experience. Yeah, well, if they're doing the hundred, yeah. you do the 50 and then you come back and crew that. That's true. Yeah. Tyler is. So I'll be out there. Tyler yeah. Green great athlete. So um, really exciting though that, you know, anytime you see someone, you know, or a client, I'm sure, especially with you training them. So I want to get into that piece of how you first got started coaching other runners, because it's one thing to be, you know, yourself an athlete moving towards a goal, but how did you initially begin coaching? Yeah. So what happened was actually a gift. Um, Back in August 16, 2009, I was heading to Central Park to do the New York City Half Marathon. And again, I'm working with the coach. I'm chasing the PR. I'm running 60 to 70 miles a week. And even like when I was working with the coach, I didn't take easy, I didn't have easy miles. Everything was hard, hard, hard. Um, but again, it was like the one thing I felt I could control, like what I put into it, I knew I would get results. And so, um, that morning, I, like I said, I was running to Central Park and I never made it. I actually got hit by a car and I flew on the hood and shattered the windshield off, shattered the windshield with my body and bounced off the hood and landed right in front of the car. And there are just so many thank God moments. Um, and gratefully, um, obviously I survived but I broke five vertebrae only where the muscles attach and not near the spinal column. I mean, I just, um, I felt like once I was mentally, and my friends, they're, they're like, are you going crazy not running? And I was like, the fact I can walk, talk, and breathe on my own was, was and is still all that matters. I didn't even need surgery. I just had to wear a back brace for two months. And so once I was mentally and physically stable, like I thought I would move and parallels, paralyze myself. I did not trust the doctors, even though they're doctors and I'm not. Yeah. Um, but that's when I decided I wanted, to, um, I wanted to start coaching runners because I wanted to give back um, to running for what it has given to me and still gives to me. Like I, like I said, I found, I found all this confidence and it's been my way to see the world. It's brought so, it's made me so rich because I feel like the more rich in the way that I feel like the more people you need in life, the richer your life becomes. And I have been like, I have a first timer. She's six years old and she's only been running two years. I have so many stories like this. And um, she found my book, listened to it, reached out and didn't think she could do a marathon. But after reading the book, we're all in, right? So I was coaching her to do her third half in April. 
And then um, fast forward, she's going to do her own Milwaukee marathon, even though it's not happening. Happening, And she just did her first 20 miler. She's, she just has transformed. And she remembers her, her gym teacher. She remembers his name, telling her she'd never be athletic. His name was Pat. And the fact, and this has changed her. She wrote me, because I wanted to see how her 20 miler went. And she's like, I'm a... I may swear a be boss, whatever. Uh-huh. And she's like, thank you for changing my life. And so that is what I want to give back because running is not like it was in gym class. Or if you did a sport, it you know was the punishment for the sport you love. Like there are so many gifts of running. And yeah, so that's in even just doing your first mile when you're not a runner at all, like that is a huge accomplishment. I have chills, like, yeah. And it will help you see what else is possible and introduce you to like so many friends, so many people you would have missed out on. It's the best way to see the world. Yeah. I love it. I can just see your passion for it. <laughs> and it really, um, it's very contagious and, um, I'm just wonderful that you've, you've not only had this own journey for yourself, but also being able to share it with others. Um, through, through your book and through your coaching and how did this all intertwine kind of with your, with your book as well? Like the desire to write a book on this and to help so many through that. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like anyone who's done a marathon or even a half marathon can coach someone to their first marathon or their first half because you were just in that person's shoes and you used to have the doubt and you saw the power, I have chills again, you saw the power of that finish line, what it did for you. And so honestly, I did my first marathon in 94 and not that many people did marathons then. I mean, you could sign up at the expo and you know, I would be um, at work or you know, at a party or Starbucks, whatever. I don't think Starbucks existed then, but people, oh my God, you did a marathon. And I honestly, like, no, you can do it too. And and so I feel like I've always been kind of coaching indirectly because I just want to share it and it is so attainable. And so um, what happened was, I think it was 2014, um, I met a future client. He was doing his first Boston and he was rightfully freaked out because it's the Boston. And we were, we, sh- we were on the same bus heading to Hopkinton and he was freaked out and I did my normal stuff. And, calm his nerves and then he ended up becoming a client in our first meeting back in Chicago we met for breakfast and you know he would ask me questions and I would just you know calm him and you know inspire him and let him know it's going to be okay and uh, he's like you should write a book and I said you're not the first person to tell me that you know smoking it off and he said you know what I'm going to listen to you and your advice and the next time I see you I want you to write three things you put in your book and so I went for a run. I don't know if it was that day or a couple of days later. And I just had this brain dump. And I literally, I chilled. I wrote down when I got back from the run, I wrote on like um, uh, lined paper. And at the top, I said, me, you, and 26.2. And then I did a brain dump. And that became like the start of it. Because I really believe, and if you bring me with me, bring me with you, you will see that you can do it. And um, it's really different. Like there's enough books out there that talk about like, you know, um, how many carbs you need to eat, how many miles you need to run in this heart rate zone. And honestly, I don't know that. And my book is more like it's the collage of the 
cover the collage or the cover is a collage of 26 first timers that I coached and then it's 26 miles of chapters get it and so I wanted it to be inspiring and human human people will relate to one of my 26 first timers and so each mile starts with one of their stories um, you know what made them sign up what would they tell someone who doesn't think they can do it and then, um, and then I have a spectator sign that ties to whatever the chapter's about in like the chapter about um, recovery methods and why recovery is important. It's, um, it starts with the, someone's story and then a picture of a spectator holding a sign that says, I thought you said rum. So um, it's, you know, it's, or no, that one says, yeah, it says, I thought you said rum, yeah. Um, and so then throughout all 26 um, miles, I shared tips and tricks from running 100 marathons all over the world. And then in the back, there's of course training plans. But I've had, um, yeah, it's, I've had so many, many timers and first timers, I've had people reread it, like listen, buy the book, listen to the audible, um, listen like four or five times, even write me. And if you think about the books that you've read, like it, all the books that I've read in my life, I've written um, two authors. So that's why I know it's different. And that's why I know it can, it can, you know, change people to see that they can do it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It gives me chills. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I have to read this. This is great. Um, really, really powerful, especially to be able to show people that like you can do it too. Yeah. You know? And again, there's like so many books about the mechanics and and I also tell people, and I wanted it to be more about, more inspiring than just um, militant. And, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say about it. Um, yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I forgot it again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So much there. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, so many books, like you were saying, are just about the mechanics or the science or runners think that that's sometimes the secret. Like, that's all you need is just the what, but it's, that's not what it's about. You know, it's so much of it is mindset. And I, and I have this analogy, you know, no matter what mountain you're, you want to attack. So with the marathon, I tell everyone, you know, it's just like taking a class. Um, you give a syllabus, you do your homework, and race day is the final, and you know our long runs, their take-home quizzes. And so you wouldn't take a class in like biochemistry and have the final a week later, right? No, you have a whole semester to study. And I see it every, like I see it this season, when you run your furthest distance ever, you're, you're just gaining more confidence for when you do that 26.2. Definitely. I'm really smiling because um, I went to college at University of Minnesota and I ran there so I didn't have the opportunity to, like, while you're a collegiate athlete, you can't necessarily just run a marathon. They had a a course there. I don't know if you've heard of this. Just to run your first marathon. Yeah, you should be the instructor. (laughs) If you're listening to this episode, I'm like, go sign up if you're in college and you go to Minnesota. It's really awesome. be an assistant professor there on that because it does it yeah. when you do something you don't think you can do it's just so empowering mm-hmm. and when you don't and you live in fear you are so short changing yourself yeah mm-hmm. and I think it's so great for college students right to be able to have that goal um, especially for maybe someone that didn't play sports or didn't right. grow up with that it, yeah. it welcomes every 
every capability, every age, every size, and it changes us all the same. Yeah. So what are a few of the maybe like roadblocks, the most common roadblocks or maybe things, stories that people tell themselves about a marathon and like how do you help them overcome, overcome well, them? Yeah, well, yeah. the first thing is not thinking they can do it and fast forward to zero to 26.2. And that's where a lot of times I'll share stories from, you know, runners that I've coached. Um, or, you know, I'll even have them like volunteer on race day. You get a sweet jacket and they'll see every age and size out there and they're bound to say, if they can do it, you know, I can do it. Um, but it, you just, um, I also tell like, you know, my every freshman class that I get for the marathon season, I tell them, you know, think of other things you've done in your life that you didn't think you could do and you wanted with all your heart and or someone said, no, you can't, you won't achieve this and you did it. Like it's the same type of fight that's required. And, you know, I, I get this a lot. Like I have someone who, um, well, I have someone who doesn't think they can, they've done a bunch of marathons, they've done an Ironman and they don't think they can do a hundred miler. And, um, you know, she's finally, she wants to wait a whole year. And the thing is like with a coach, the thing you can't coach is the want and the why. And once somebody has that, I, I just build around it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You're like making me think maybe I should just go for the hundred. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah. like, um, with fifties and hundreds, um, especially a hundred, it's a training run. If you think about it, like in a, in a half marathon, like your furthest distance is 10 or 11 miles, right? In the and that's also when the race actually starts. And then in the marathon, it's like, you know, it may start, sometimes it started at it's 16 for me. And you run a 20 or 22. In the 100, it doesn't start to like 65 or 70. And you're not doing that kind of training run as a long run. The most you do is a 50. And also in the ultra, you do a run, because I never thought, I never thought I could do a marathon. And I went on to do 100 milers. Yeah. And also, like I said, you do a run walk. And the thing is, you never know what nutrition is going to work. And yeah. you never know the right pacing. So your 100 miler is essentially a training run. And you just, you just go figure it out. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's more about what conditions do you want to figure it out in, right? Like yeah. what kind of course and what, And yeah. the other thing is it's such a community or a huge, like I feel like in road racing, maybe 80% of the folks are, you know, rightfully about the fit, their finish time and 20% are all about taking it in the journey. It's, I feel like it's reversed in the ultra world. Like everyone truly helps each other and yeah. it is not like, not that many people drop the hammer, you know? Mm -hmm. so true yeah very what true what you can do is the 50 and then go help your friend Tyler right exactly so even more than the 50. <laughs> I like how this has been a partial figuring out what to do and, and plus this is like a very just for anyone that's interested in Brazos Bend I mean I've never heard of a course like that it's, it's literally just a flat loop in a swamp in Texas <laughs> so it's not the ideal I wouldn't say for a first 100 you know, there are some really pretty courses, which gets me into, I wanted to ask you about the most beautiful um, courses that you've run or maybe the most memorable. Yeah, so my two favorite, they're actually tied, is Antarctica Marathon. 
oh. in Everest Base Camp Marathon. I mean, there were points, I did Everest last year, and there were points on the course, well, we hike up to base camp, sleep there two nights, and then base camp to Namche Bazaar is the marathon. And there were parts on the hike where I literally broke down in tears just from the magnitude of the beauty. Because I've read so many books and reread so many books on Everest. I've watched and rewatched documentaries. And, and so I was finally living my own journey going to Everest Base Camp. It was so, and then Antarctica, it's both of them. It's like your own, you're on your own discovery channel. I mean, you're this close to, penguins are at your feet because we're not predators. And every, both of them, every day blows away the prior day in beauty. It's just, yeah, that's why I, you know, one of my runners, um, she came to me, she found me online, just wanted to lose weight, could never run a race in her life. And I'd meet her three mornings a week and I would tell her, you know, there's races all over the world and my friends have done this and this. And I whispered, and six weeks in, she said, did you know there's a marathon in Paris? Of course I did. <laughs> you know, I'm like Rain Man, <laughs> marathon. <Yeah. laughs> and the fact that she said the word marathon, I said, I did yeah. enough running with you. Yeah, so there's a whole world to see. And there's half marathons all over. My other two favorite, my tie for second, um, uh, was Queenstown, New Zealand in Patagonia, Chile. Yes. Oh, yeah. Both of them, I'm running them and... I'm like, I don't want this to end. This is so, who said that in a marathon? Like most of the time you're like, yeah. who pulled my finish line? I'm like, this is so beautiful. I don't want it to end. That's a good sign. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. good. Oh, would love to do those as well. All right. Well, those are like a handful for folks that are listening and are like, I want my next marathon. Um, speaking of which, I guess with, with COVID right now, I mean, this is such a common question for a coach, but how have you been adapting both yourself and kind of with your athletes, like adjusting whether it's a virtual race or like a, a race for next year? What are a couple maybe pieces of advice or things that you've been doing for um, people listening that are looking for their next goal to chase? Yeah, so I mean, this kind of happened in uh, like, I think April when the race, the big races started getting canceled or postponed and or canceled. And, um, you know, I saw everyone rightfully losing their own. And again, running like you get so much reflection <laughs> um, and ideas. And I just felt like, you know what? The person who signed up for the race, it, you know, it takes a lot of discipline and sacrifice and grit. And again, that's not something a coach can, can do. It's all innate, right? And I just felt like, you know what? All that is still within them. Yeah. And all you have to do is dust it off. And if you think about, um, if you think about like five, 10 years from now, when we look back on this time frame, you're going to be like, you know, F a duck, man. I did, a, I did my own marathon in this craziness. And what a gift yeah. back to yourself or even your own half or even like our friend Rachel did her own hundred miler on a treadmill. Um, so yeah, think about, remember, dust off your why. Um, and especially like if you ran for, or in addition, if you ran for a charity, you know, like those charities, they, you know, they can't postpone. Um, the people yeah. that you're helping, they, the people, the animals you're helping, they still need that help. And the other thing is, you know, I've done, 
done a handful of marathons and ultra marathons during this crazy time. And I have to tell you, you still, you still feel the same roller coaster of emotions, right? Even though yeah. it's a one person parade, you know, we don't have the pomp and circumstance, right. but I still go through the, you know, I feel great out of the start and I yeah. got this, I yeah. hit the play, I just double my time, add 10 minutes. And then I get to the part like 16 or 17 in the marathon. And I'm like, why the heck aren't the miles going by as fast? And then I get to, you know, 2022 and I turn into Linda Blair, the exorcist. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. This was the dumbest idea. And then I, that's when the race starts. And that's why, that's why so many people don't do this. You power through, I power through and I finish and I feel an even richer, deeper sense of accomplishment. So, you know, give it, give it a try and also like find someone in your circle who's also doing the same race. Um, and you know, that morning, you know, do a zoom start line, play whoever you yeah. want, to them. Right. check in on zoom every half hour on the hour. And I'm telling you, especially it's all still in you. And then again, think about down the road, you're going to be like, you know what? We don't do it for the bling. The bling is fun. And then the spectators, they still help us, but we do it for the, for the, the victory of, you know, when we go to battle with ourselves, we all go to battle in a race. Um, it comes at different times, but when we win that battle and, and, you know, say nobody puts baby in the corner, not even baby. And you, you fight through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a long answer. No. Another yeah. Thing. I mean, there's so much there, like you said. There's also, there's also a lot of races that are happening with social distancing. Um, right. So, you know, maybe find one of those, especially yeah. ultras are happening because they're a lot more spread out and a lot of them are in trails. They don't need permits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something out there um, that people can look for and find. Well, so we're goal driven. We're goal driven. Yeah. Staying true to your goal. Definitely. And who cares what the time is? Um, and even your own do it yourself, you're going to break your own tape. And yeah. you never know who you're going to inspire. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we have some newbie coaches listening. I'm a newer running coach and, you know, for someone, whether it's for teams or individuals, and I'm starting to love it to help people towards their first 50 Ks. Um, for someone that's maybe getting into coaching, what, uh, what advice would you maybe give to your younger coaching self or um, to a newer coach on how to, how to be a great coach and how to, you know, really do the best they can for their athletes. Yeah, so I'm so excited because um, the, like the more runners, marathoners, ultra marathoners, half marathoners, 5Kers, the more we have in this world, the better world it will be. Because again, it just gives us so much. Um, and I get this question a lot and I just tell people, you know what, you put your heart into it. If you put your heart into it, um, your runner is gonna get, they're gonna get a great experience they're going to remember you and then they're going to, they're going to share that with whoever else they come around. Um, Cause like, yeah, the first year, and that's what I've done from the beginning. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know. And I was like, you know what, if I impact one person, I've used my gift. So yeah, you just, um, you just, it's easy. You just coach from your heart. It's the reason you became a coach. And um, I think a lot of times too, like a lot of my runners will exhale like when they're um, struggling with something and you share an experience where you had the same situation. 
because um, yeah, like the, it's almost like boss subordinate, you know, runner coach. It's kind of breaking that, um, that uh, divider that shouldn't be there when you share experience that, um, that your runners are going through that you had the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. I think that relatability. You'll, you'll see too that when you put your heart into it, one, like my heart lights up like ET when I get an email or a text from one of my runners and, um, you'll just see that it'll, it'll grow organically. It'll grow the way it's supposed to. And, you know, that's why we're here is for the connection we're in, the connection and impact we're going to have on people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you are a coach too. It's like, (laughs) this is so needed, um, especially now. So of the things that you have accomplished, which are a number, uh, what are you most proud of? Yeah, I think it's kind of a tie. Like doing that first marathon when I didn't know if I could, plus it like it catapulted and changed so many other things in my life. And then the other thing that um, I'm very proud of is that I, I found the courage because again, I drew, I drew from that courage tank. I made a lot of deposits in like, I did a marathon. I didn't think I could do it. I qualified for Boston. I didn't think I could do it. I've done two Ironmans and I'm deathly afraid of open water. Like I've quit an Ironman swim. Um, I've jumped out of a plane and jumped off a bungee platform and I'm deathly afraid of heights. And so I, I've taken improv classes and I, I used to be really bad at public speaking, <laughs> you know? So what I, the, the other thing I'm most proud of is I left my career, my 26 year career in accounting to coach full time because I just, I love, I just always felt like I was doing what I had to do. I had this realization my last day of in corporate America. I was writing on social media and I said, I'm finally doing what I want to do instead of what I thought I had to do. And that takes a lot of freaking courage, man. I am so proud of anyone who, you know, takes the path least traveled. And truly, like when we were little, you people would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And it had nothing to do with a title, um, a certification, um, corporate. Yeah, it had to do with where your heart was leading you. And so in 2016, I decorporated. And the fact that um, it's just me, myself, and I, like that shows my worth. And I was kind of, it shows that I finally believed in myself um, enough to make it my career. And I wasn't using like finish lines um, or job title or certification or whatever to define me anymore. Yeah. And again, it all comes back to that first start line. Hey, (laughs) I'm like, how freeing must that be to, to just be doing your thing, what you're meant to be doing. And again, it's like, I would have, I would have regretted if I didn't do it. And I also felt like if I can inspire one person to do the same thing, because we can't let fear win. And um, the, that's the only way we fail is by not trying. And I have to tell you, I, you know, what happens too is um, you end up meeting the, the energy you emit from, you know, following your heart and doing what you love, you end up meeting other people that do the same thing. Yeah, and um, I found out so much more about myself 
that I wouldn't risk out on in corporate, corporate America. I mean, of course you learn about how to build a business, how to create a business, but the way added bonus is I learned a lot more about myself and how, yeah. Yeah, so many lessons to be learned too. I know we yeah. have a relatively young listenership. Some people just is still in school or getting out of college. So it's really good advice, I think, not just for running, but for life, what you're for telling sure. us. Yeah. And, you know, even if you like, you, you don't need to know what you need, what you want to do in your life. It will let it organically come out. But listen to your heart. Oh my God, it's a bad song, but it's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why can't we all just do it, right? I, I heard that for decades. Like if you follow your heart, you're never wrong. And it's just gifted me in so many ways. Like I truly, I have a new definition of success. It's truly when I get an email or a text from someone that was a stranger and I help them, you know, either get a PR or, you know, like, I ran 20 miles. I never, like, I hated gym class, you know? So yeah. find your own definition of success. Exactly. Yes. Um, speaking of some of that with definition of success, I, I don't know much about this question, but you would wanted to know, I want to know actually, what is next on your dance card? Yeah. So um, this is why you can do the 50 plus at Benzo's. Because in April, well, I forgot, in Jan January 1st, I'm actually going to take on my first 200 miler. Wow. It, it's, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the race company, um, but it's a one mile loop in, outside of Phoenix, wherever, um, I think there's boxes. It's a one mile loop? Spring training. You know, I've done two, I've finished two 200s. I've quit. I've DNF'd. I call it DNFY. Did not finish yet. Um, because DNF is still yeah. greater than not had the courage to try. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm 50-50. And I'm like, I'm certainly not going to wait. And I'm very excited, but I, I'm going to try. And I'm already looking at, um, there's a hundred in April in Zion, Utah, that you can go after, after Benzos. Yeah. Well, 100 in April. And, and I love Utah. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Are you planning on being there? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm looking at that one too. And it's, it's yeah. ironic. Um, I'm not just the marathon whisperer. I'm also like a 5k whisperer and a hundred miler. And I even can, can whisper to Rachel and another one of my friends, Kevin, we're going to do that 200 miler together. How cool. Yes. I mean, how do you know unless you try? Yeah, you might as well. I think. And you're going to transform no matter what happens that day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to know who, a f who are a few maybe running partners in your life who have really helped you or supported you or mentors? Um, and this can also be a time if you have any brands that you're really passionate about or, you know, just anyone that's really lighting you up either now or in, in the past. Yeah. So first off, my, my coach, Greg DeMonte, um, he's not coaching anymore, but he is someone I try and emulate because he believed in us until we believed it. And that's what I try and do for my runners because sometimes it's all you need. It's someone else. 
on your shoulder cheering you. And then I have a few part, partners that I work with um, that help me and help my runners. <laughs> and that's um, Tailwind Nutrition which I never heard of until I started doing ultras and everyone around me had tailwind. So yes, they've gotten me through many races and helped a lot of my runners. In um, Belega, Belega socks, I've been wearing them since 2006 and it's same thing. Um, they've gotten me through seven continents. They've gotten me through hundred milers. Um, most of my marathons, cause they, I didn't know about them when I first started, yeah. And then um, lastly, I would have, yeah. I would have to say too, like Cinto, um, the watch company, Jason Coleman. Um, same thing. I didn't hear about them until I started doing ultras. Yeah. I love Cinto. Yes, awesome to see you're part of them. And then Rad Rabbit. Yeah, and Rad Rabbit. Those two. Yeah. Yeah. Honored to be working with them. And then there's also a new one I'm working with. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called Runner Box, and it's like a subscription. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so like every quarter you get a, a surprise, you get a, cause yeah. like everyone's always asking me like what nutrition works for me, what do you use? And I am not set in stone. Like I'm always trying to learn new things cause there's always new products coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, every quarter you get a box of new products to try. How awesome. And then it looks like you're the marathon coach for quite a few charities. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, so back in um, 2010, when I decided to start coaching, I came up with the name um, Run for Change with the tagline, Change Within, Change for Others. And I just, I wanted to target charity runners in that I, like when I first started, I didn't even charge. I just wanted to give back, right? And so charity runners, they're already stressed with fundraising and then doing a marathon, the training. So it's like, you know what, I won't charge that much. And there's like 10,000 runners running for charity. And so that's, that's where Run for Change um, came from, which is, is a very long elevator speech if I ever ran into Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah, so I, I coach a lot of charity runners. I'm grateful they let me be along on the journey. Yeah, so I work with, um, I work with uh, St. Jude and Team Paws and One Tail at a Time, Anti-Cruelty, Girls on the Run. I've, I'm actually um, a co-founder of the Chicago chapter. We started about 20 years ago. And honestly, I feel like I do adults on the run. Because um, yeah, I just, running changes us. I sound like a broken record. <laughs> It so does. And I love Girls on the Run. We just had them on recently. So um, mm -hmm. Girls on the Run Portland, but there's so many mm -hmm. chapters. It's great to see. So well, um, to think about, think about like what running does for you and what a race does for you. And then, you know, like transplant that back to your younger self. Yeah. And like how I've chilled, like how it empowers us, like to have that when you're little. In Molly Barker, who founded Girls on the Run, um, she worked with child psychologists in writing the program, and it turned out that third through fifth grade is when girls are most impressionable. So if we can share like what running gives us, not to mention, um, think about all the, the, fr the friends you've met from running. Yeah. And to bring that to uh, elementary school, these girls 
are going to meet girls that may not be at the same academic level. They may not live in the same neighborhood. They may not be the same athleticism. And they're making friends that they would have missed out on. So, yeah. yeah. I know. It's so special. It's a awesome to see that you're a part of um, so many organizations and I'm probably going to have some follow-ups for you too but just um, you, know, you know for anyone that wants to take part in more charity running um, do you have any suggestions on getting started? Yeah I mean um, a lot of times I want to mention another charity I've been working with too is yeah. Chicago Lights it's um, it's um, uh, Fourth Presbyterian Church here in Chicago and they have an outreach program that's where the fundraising dollars go to. But honestly, all you have to do, there's two things you can do. You just go to a charity that's near and dear to your heart and um, go to like the events section or get involved section on the, on the website. And um, a lot of times there'll be a link to doing the marathon or even um, for your local race. Like I know the Chicago Marathon, the New York Marathon, a lot of the, these big marathons and even half marathons they have charities that you can run for. And even um, like my, my 200 miler in January, I am just gonna create my own um, GoFundMe page. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. But I did this for um, Tokyo last year, um, but I am running for um, NAMI, um, National Alliance Mental Illness. Um, and because mental illness is very, very like important to me. And I actually have a shirt that I wore the Tokyo Marathon with. I've hit a rock bottom before. I've, you know, I've gotten sober. Um, I wore a shirt that said F the stigma. And so they don't have um, a fundraising platform for the 200 miler I'm doing, but that's who I'm running for. Because I, I really want people to, um, to, you know, ask for help. We're not alone. Help is out there. And um, if we spent 10% of the energy we spent on our physical health as we do our mental health, our life would be so much richer. And there's so much help out there and you're not alone and our feelings are normal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Such a good point. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it really matters. Um, and talking about marathon training, it comes up that it's so much about the mental well-being and addressing that too and I mean we always feel better after a run yeah it's like an it's given yeah so um I want to know I guess um is there anything outside of running right now that we sometimes like to get into this like anything outside of running that's lighting you up or making you thrive right now or helping you Honestly, I don't know if we're runners. thriving <laughs> with the conditions I wish, you know yeah. I, I get that a lot like what else you know, what else lights me up. Um, I mean, I won't lie, I'm missing traveling, um, seeing the world, the race is the excuse to go there. I'm missing that, but um, it's just, it's in my DNA. It's just ingrained running and coaching. And um, I, I get high off of my runners. <laughs> yeah. And not just my runners, but anyone who's out there, especially now. And well, even outside of COVID, like I get so high at race, at races because um, you know how they say you are the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. But if you think about it, when you get to the start corral, we're all there and no one's telling us to do this. We're surrounded by like a great caliber of people, regardless of what time you put on a chip mat or you hit when you cross the chip mat. 
we all have self-drive and discipline. No one's telling us to do this. You know, it's five dark AM and we're getting out there. And that's just, uh, those are the people I want to be around. And also, like I said, when we're all going to go to battle, we even go to battle with ourselves in our, our um, short runs, let alone our long run races. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just feed off of that. Yeah. And inspired by that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, our final question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I'm all for kind of your mentality too. I think for some people it's like different buckets for different things, but if running is really your all and like coaching others and pouring that in, I mean, that's your livelihood. So, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that just helps it all the more, um, with what you do. So, um, yeah, really grateful that we could have you on. And we have one more question we ask all of our guests. Um, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Yeah, so I think um, the way I can continue to be a strong runner chick is to continue to look for things that I'm afraid of in and out of sport and do them. Um, whether I don't um, succeed or not, and then not compare myself to anyone around me because this is my own journey. Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep doing things I'm afraid of because I feel like that's part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, Thank you so much, Denise, for being on the show. Really had a great time getting to chat with you and uh, I'm feeling inspired and lit up. So I, I know other listeners will be too. So Thank you again. Um, and you the best. Help with your let me wonderful. Know. <laughs> I, will, I will let you know. Thank you. Um, what is the best way? We are going to link you up in social, but is there any way you prefer that listeners reach out to you if they're interested in coaching or connecting with you or your book? Yeah. So just um, on Instagram, Marathon Whisperer. Marathon That's how they Whisper. can find me. Otherwise, um, yeah, my website is um, run-for-change.com. Okay, awesome. All right, well, thank you again, Denise, and uh, can't wait to feature you. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much Thanks. for having me. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye, Strong Runner Chicks. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and be sure to uh, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.